0: Gosh, you guys, congratulations. We're reading First Book of Maccabees, Chapter 16, Sirach, Chapter 38 and 39, as well as Proverbs, Chapter 23, Verses 29 through 35. As always, the Bible translation I'm reading from is the Revised Standard Version, Second Catholic Edition. I'm using the Great Adventure Bible from Ascension. If you want to download your own Bible in a Year reading plan, you can visit ascensionpress.com slash Bible in a Year. You can also subscribe to this podcast by clicking on subscribe and receiving daily episodes and daily updates. It is day 297. This is the last chapter in the First Book of Maccabees, Chapter 16. Sirach chapter 38 and 39, Proverbs chapter 23, verses 29 through 35. The first book of Maccabees, chapter 16. John went up from Gezerah and reported to Simon his father what Sendebius had done. And Simon called in his two older sons, Judas and John, and said to them, I and my brothers and the house of my father have fought the wars of Israel from our youth until this day, and things have prospered in our hands so that we have delivered Israel many times. But now... I have grown old and you by his mercy are mature in years. Take my place and my brothers and go out and fight for our nation. And may the help which comes from heaven be with you. So John chose out of the country, 20,000 warriors and horsemen, and they marched against Sendebius and camped for the night in Modin. Early in the morning, they arose and marched into the plain and behold, a large force of infantry and horsemen was coming to meet them and a stream lay between them. Then he and his army lined up against them, and he saw that the soldiers were afraid to cross the stream, so he crossed over first. And when his men saw him, they crossed over after him. Then he divided the army and placed the horsemen in the midst of the infantry, for the cavalry of the enemy were very numerous. And they sounded the trumpets, and Sendebius and his army were put to flight, and many of them were wounded and fell. The rest fled into the stronghold. At that time Judas, the brother of John, was wounded. But John pursued them until Sendebius reached Kedron, which he had built. They also fled into the towers that were in the fields of Azotus, and John burned it with fire, and about two thousand of them fell. And he returned to Judea safely. Murder of Simon and his sons Now Ptolemy, the son of Ababus, had been appointed governor over the plain of Jericho, and he had much silver and gold, for he was son-in-law of the high priest. His heart was lifted up. He determined to get control of the country and made treacherous plans against Simon and his sons to do away with them. Now Simon was visiting the cities of the country and attending to their needs, and he went down to Jericho with Mattathias and Judas' sons in the 177th year in the 11th month, which is the month of Shabbat. The son of Ababus received them treacherously in the little stronghold called Doc, which he had built. He gave them a great banquet and hid men there. When Simon and his sons were drunk, Ptolemy and his men rose up, took their weapons, and rushed in against Simon in the banquet hall, and they killed him and his two sons and some of his servants. So he committed an act of great treachery and returned evil for good. John succeeds Simon. Then Ptolemy wrote a report about these things and sent it to the king, asking him to send troops to aid him and to turn over to him the cities and the country. He sent other men to Gazara to do away with John he sent letters to the captains asking them to come to him so that he might give them silver and gold and gifts. And he sent other men to take possession of Jerusalem and the temple hill. But someone ran ahead and reported to John at Gezerah that his father and brothers had perished and that he has sent men to kill you also. When he heard this, he was greatly shocked and he seized the men who came to destroy him and killed them. For he had found out that they were seeking to destroy him the rest of the acts of John and his wars and the brave deeds which he did and the building of the walls which he built and his achievements, behold, they are written in the chronicles of his high priesthood from the time that he became high priest after his father. The Book of Sirach, Chapter 38 Concerning Physicians, Tradesmen, and Craftsmen Honor the physician with honor do him according to your need of him. For the Lord created him For healing comes from the Most High, and he will receive a gift from the King. The skill of the physician lifts up his head, and in the presence of great men he is admired. The Lord created medicines from the earth, and a sensible man will not despise them. Was not water made sweet with a tree in order that his power might be known? And he gave skill to men that he might be glorified in his marvelous works. By them he heals and takes away pain. The pharmacist makes of them a compound. His works will never be finished, and from him health is upon the face of the earth. My son, when you are sick, do not be negligent, but pray to the Lord and he will heal you. Give up your faults and direct your hands aright and cleanse your heart from all sin. Offer a sweet-smelling sacrifice and a memorial portion of fine flour and pour oil on your offering as much as you can afford. And give the physician his place, for the Lord created him. Let him not leave you, for there is need of him. There is a time when success lies in the hands of physicians, for they too will pray to the Lord that He should grant them success in diagnosis and in healing for the sake of preserving life. He who sins before His Maker, may he fall into the care of a physician. My son, let your tears fall for the dead, and as one who is suffering grievously, begin the lament. Lay out his body with the honor due him, and do not neglect his burial. Let your weeping be bitter and your wailing fervent. Observe the morning according to his merit for one day or two to avoid criticism, then be comforted for your sorrow. For sorrow results in death, and sorrow of heart saps one's strength. In calamity, sorrow continues, and the life of the poor man weighs down his heart. Do not give your heart to sorrow, drive it away, remembering the end of life. Do not forget, there is no coming back. You do the dead no good, and you injure yourself. Remember my doom, for yours is like it. Yesterday was mine, and today it is yours. When the dead is at rest, let his remembrance cease, and be comforted for him when his spirit has departed. The wisdom of the scribe depends on the opportunity of leisure, and he who has little business may become wise. How can he become wise who handles the plow, and who glories in the shaft of a goad, who drives oxen and is occupied with their work, and whose talk is about bulls? He sets his heart on plowing furrows, and he is careful about fodder for the heifers. So too is every craftsman and master workman who labors by night as well as by day. Those who cut the signet of seals, each is diligent in making a great variety. He sets his heart on painting a lifelike image, and he is careful to finish his work. So too is the smith sitting by the anvil, intent upon his handiwork and iron. The breath of the fire melts his flesh, and he wastes away in the heat of the furnace. He inclines his ear to the sound of the hammer, and his eyes are on the pattern of the object. He sets his heart on finishing his handiwork, and he is careful to complete its decoration. So too is the potter sitting at his work and turning the wheel with his feet. He is always deeply concerned over his work, and all his output is by number. He molds the clay with his arm and makes it pliable with his feet. He sets his heart to finish the glazing, and he is careful to clean the furnace. All these rely upon their hands, and each is skillful in his own work. Without them, a city cannot be established, and men can neither sojourn nor live there. Yet they are not sought out for the counsel of the people, nor do they attain eminence in the public assembly. They do not sit in the judge's seat, nor do they understand the sentence of judgment. They cannot expound discipline or judgment, and they are not found using proverbs. But they keep stable the fabric of the world, and their prayer is in the practice of their trade. Chapter 39 The Student of the Law and Praise of God On the other hand, he who devotes himself to the study of the law of the Most High will seek out the wisdom of all the ancients, and will be concerned with prophecies. He will preserve the discourse of notable men and penetrate the subtleties of parables. He will seek out the hidden meanings of Proverbs and be at home with the obscurities of parables. He will serve among great men and appear before rulers. He will travel through the lands of foreign nations, for he tests the good and the evil among men. He will set his heart to rise early to seek the Lord who made him and will make supplication before the Most High. He will open his mouth in prayer and make supplication for his sins. If the great Lord is willing, he will be filled with a spirit of understanding. He will pour forth words of wisdom and give thanks to the Lord in prayer. He will direct his counsel and knowledge rightly and meditate on his secrets he will reveal instruction in his teaching and will glory in the law of the Lord's covenant. Many will praise his understanding and it will never be blotted out. His memory will not disappear and his name will live through all generations. Nations will declare his wisdom and the congregation will proclaim his praise. If he lives long, he will leave a name greater than a thousand and if he goes to rest, it is enough for him. I have yet more to say, which I have thought upon and I am filled like the moon at the full. Listen to me, O you holy sons, and bud like a rose growing by a stream of water. Send forth fragrance like frankincense, and put forth blossoms like a lily. Scatter the fragrance, and sing a hymn of praise. Bless the Lord for all his works. Ascribe majesty to his name, and give thanks to him with praise, with songs on your lips, and with lyres, and this you shall say in thanksgiving. All things are the works of the Lord. For they are very good, and whatever He commands will be done in His time. No one can say, What is this? Why is that? For in God's time all things will be sought after. At His word the waters stood in a heap, and the reservoirs of water at the word of His mouth. At His command whatever pleases Him is done, and none can limit His saving power. The works of all flesh are before Him, and nothing can be hid from His eyes. From everlasting to everlasting he beholds them, and nothing is marvelous to him. No one can say, What is this? Why is that? For everything has been created for its use. His blessing covers the dry land like a river and drenches it like a flood. The nations will incur his wrath just as he turns fresh water into salt. To the holy his ways are straight, just as they are obstacles to the wicked. From the beginning... Good things were created for good people, just as evil things for sinners. Basic to all the needs of man's life are water and fire and iron and salt and wheat flour and milk and honey, the blood of the grape and oil and clothing. All these are for good to the godly, just as they turn into evils for sinners. There are winds that have been created for vengeance, and in their anger they scourge heavily. In the time of consummation, they will pour out their strength and calm the anger of their Maker fire and hail and famine and pestilence, all these have been created for vengeance, the teeth of wild beasts and scorpions and vipers and the sword that punishes the ungodly with destruction. They will rejoice in his commands and be made ready on earth for their service. And when their time comes, they will not transgress his word. Therefore, from the beginning, I have been convinced and have thought this out and left it in writing. The works of the Lord are all good, and He will supply every need in its hour. And no one can say, This is worse than that, for all things will prove good in their season. So now, sing praise with all your heart and voice, and bless the name of the Lord. The book of Proverbs, chapter 23, verses 29-35 through Who has woe? Who has sorrow? Who has strife? Who has complaining? Who has wounds without cause? Who has redness of eyes? Those who tarry long over wine. Those who go to try mixed wine. Do not look at wine when it is red, when it sparkles in the cup and goes down smoothly. At the last it bites like a serpent and stings like an adder. Your eyes will see strange things and your mind utter perverse things. You will be like one who lies down in the midst of the sea, like one who lies on the top of a mast. They struck me, you will say, but I was not hurt. They beat me, but I did not feel it. When shall I awake? I will seek another drink. Father in heaven, thank you so much. Thank you for this day. (sighs) Thank you for not giving up on us and thank you for giving us perseverance. Lord God, that's this word, this word today of just perseverance and uh, the word of choosing to reflect on your word, choosing to reflect on your wisdom and choosing to reflect on how your wisdom is meant to guide and shape our lives. We ask you to please guide and shape our lives today. Guide our steps aright that we may do your will and may see your face. Lord God, help us to be sober in thought and mind. Help us to choose well and live wisely so that in all things you may be glorified, in all things your people may be sanctified. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Wow, so chapter 23 at the end of the book of Proverbs gets intense, right? Who has woe, who has sorrow, who has strife, who has complaining, who has wounds without cause, redness of eyes, those who drink. (laughs) And that sense of like, gosh, this out of nowhere almost, you know, kind of like Proverbs are just, you know, these pearls strung along. Um, They're not all connected by anything other than the fact that they're here written as wisdom in the book of Proverbs. But we have these last verses, 29 through 35 in chapter 23 of Proverbs that just talks about this. Yeah, how many lives have been completely ruined? As it says, it says, um, when it sparkles in the cup, it goes down smoothly. At the last, it bites like a serpent and stings like an adder. Your eyes will see strange things and your mind utter perverse things. You know, there is an element where scripture does talk about alcohol and says, you know, wine gives joy to the heart. Um, it gives warmth to the heart and makes one merry. We actually, a couple of days ago, we heard how wine um, or music in a, a setting, what did they say? The, the jewel, like a jewel in a setting of gold is music in the presence of, you know, a party with wine. Okay, there's an element there where there's some goodness. But there's also destruction. I mean, and that, and that is just like how in the book of Sirach, chapter 39, um, the author talks about how there are good things that can be used for evil. In fact, in chapter 39, in verse uh, 24, it says, to the holy, his ways are straight, just as they are obstacles to the wicked. Now, the same blessing, right, can be used in a wicked way. So it goes on to verse 25. From the beginning, good things were created for good people, just as evil things for sinners. Now, is that to say that God created evil things? No, but we're talking about how the good things are used well by good people and good things are then used poorly by evil sinners by those for and here's God who makes all things good we can either use those things for good or use those things for evil because the next verse is key in verse 26 it says basic to all the needs of man's life are water and fire and iron and salt and wheat flour and milk and honey the blood of the grape aka wine and oil and clothing all these are for good to the godly just as they turn into evils for sinners So again these are all goods, because the only thing God makes is good, and yet we can abuse that. It's just going back to, again, we have from the book of Proverbs, here is the folly of using wine the wrong way, using alcohol the wrong way. Just as earlier, we heard about how, oh, this is, can be used the right way. This can be used in a way that that is in moderation and is not destructive. In that reality, of course, as we walk amongst this world, we walk in the midst of this world, and we're f- surrounded by things that are good. We can either... Use those things for good. We use them in the right way at the right time, <laughs> or we cannot. Again, remember, we talked about this so many times. The book of Sirach, and later on, in a couple, few days from now, we're gonna be looking at the book of wisdom, which is just gonna blow your mind. You're gonna love it, I'm telling you right now, is about the pursuit of wisdom. What is wise living? What is prudence? Prudence is doing the right thing at the right time in the right way. And that temperance goes right along with prudence, using the right thing at the right time in the right way. And yet we also recognize that we can be tempted to not do that. And that is why we have Proverbs chapter 23, the end of chapter 23 and Sirach 39 talking about this. Just what what an incredible, incredible gift. That's one of the reasons why no one can say at the end of Sirach 39, no one can say this is worse than that. For all things will prove their good in their season. So everything God has made is ultimately for good. And that doesn't mean, again, it doesn't mean that things that God hasn't made like privations or evils, Things God hasn't made are good, but every good thing that exists is good in itself because of the fact that it exists. Once again, verse thirty-three of chapter thirty-nine: the works of the Lord are all good, and He will supply every need in its hour. Um, just <laughs> what an incredible gift we get to experience this book of Sirach, and also to have concluded the book of First Maccabees. We get to the end, and here is John, and now John the son of Simon is the one who's taking over, and. Um, that's going to be more or less kind of the last we're going to hear until the new Testament. Cause we have one more book left. You guys, this is crazy. We have one more book left. We have 15 chapters left. We have 15 days left until we live in the new Testament until everything we read, actually except for Proverbs. Okay. But almost everything we're going to read in 15 days is from the new Testament, which is just, I hopefully you are pumped about that. I'm also really pumped about tomorrow in second Maccabees because Again, you might have gotten bogged down by the history lesson of 1 Maccabees and maybe all the names and all the Greek names and all the people, the kings fighting and who belongs to who, and who's fighting against who, who's fighting for what. But in 2 Maccabees, we're going to take a little turn, as I said before, and it is going to be a different perspective on the same story, a little bit like how we had Numbers and Deuteronomy kind of telling the same story. We had kings and chronicles kind of telling the same story. Here's First and Second Maccabees, kind of, sort of generally speaking, telling the same story. But here we are on this day, day 297. Oh man, what a gift. So we seek wisdom. We ask the Lord to give us wisdom. We ask the Lord to give us his grace that if we've fallen today, that he helps us stand back up, that he picks us back up. If you have fallen today, if you've struggled today, just know that you're not alone. You're not alone. And whatever it is you might be struggling with right now today, you know, even, you know, sometimes those words about alcohol, sometimes they they can hit us and they can be that spark that gets us thinking about um, the addiction we have in our life or the the slavery we have in our life. Listen, the Lord God will help you get through this day. One day at a time, he will get you through this day and he will um, sustain you with his grace because you're not alone. And I'm telling you right now, I am praying for you. Please pray for each other and please pray for me. My name is Father Mike. I cannot wait to see you tomorrow. God bless.